Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 87 of A Play on Nerds. We're welcoming you back for our very special, as always, holiday spectacular. Here to play on nerds. We've got so much holiday cheer for you, you're going to crap yourselves. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just going to happen. <laughs> it's holiday crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all just confetti and wrapping paper. That's Coming all out of your ass. That's all it is. <laughs> That's what we're here to bring you. And who are you? And I'm Steve, one of the guys who's going to do that to you. <laughs> and I'm Jarman. I'm the other guy going to make you crap your pants. That's right. With holiday cheer. <laughs> and what are we mainly focusing on today is the feature of our episode. So to, in our continuing segments of reviewing both all the Star Trek films on Jarman's behalf and all of the Muppet films on my behalf, we moved some episodes around and doubled up on Star Trek so that we could time perfectly uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol for this, our holiday spectacular episode. That's right. And if you're not a fan of the Muppets, we got a lot more other holiday stuff for you. And if you're a fan of the Muppets, hold off for a little while. We'll get to it in a bit. But in the meantime, what, what have you been up to since last we, we spoke and what are you doing for the holidays? Now, I have to first apologize for the, the tardiness of last last episode. We ta- obviously tardiness. talked about Thanksgiving on that episode, and it came out so much later than that. But uh, uh, I had like two audiobooks due right before I had to go on vacation to Denver, Colorado, which is where I went from like the 1st to the 8th of December. He was gone forever. Yeah, so I had to wait till then to edit the podcast. It had to just take a back seat, unfortunately. That usually doesn't happen, but uh, so it was, it was later even than usual. So I really apologize for that. But the good but, news is we already anticipated that we were going to get absolutely crazy leading up to the holidays. So we yeah. only planned on doing one episode anyway, and we're still doing it. Pretty much one for December, yeah. We're here for you, but this is it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I went to Denver, which was awesome. Uh, Colorado is now blatantly a smoke uh approved city in the united Ooh, states uh, okay well, I, think, yeah, I don't know if it's, <laughs> know if it's Ooh, all of colorado yeah. or just denver but pot is legal there now and i'm actually allergic to marijuana so i can't smoke it uh but walking down the street you can smell it everywhere you go you're like oh there's marijuana yeah. <laughs> just there's parts everywhere. of uh there's parts of san fran exact same thing same thing because all of california exact. is legal now too right um yes and then um not quite yet, but soon it's going to be um, uh, for recreational. Oh, okay, we don't even have to have prescriptions. Uh, that's coming in 2000, this next year. Oh, okay. Um, they, they had to get something like tax things in place, and they had to get payment centers in place and blah, blah, blah. Right. So they needed time to set everything up. Because I went to my first dispensary with my friends that we went on vacation with, and they went in and just legally bought marijuana, and they had no prescription, nothing. They and had- all you need is an ID. Yeah, they had separate sections that you couldn't walk in both. They had one for medicinal, one for recreational, and you couldn't. They had to separate the rooms because it's different kind of marijuana, apparently. Uh, but it was interesting. Different concentrations and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then not but, only that, if you purchase out of the medical, um, like this is part of the California one, you get like better tax break basically than the people that are going to be buying recreational. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. 
But uh, the best part for me, I got to see my sister, which is really cool. She lives there in Denver Good. now, but also Vail, Colorado, which I am not a skier or a snowboarder. I don't like outdoor activities. No, I no. <laughs> but it was beautiful there. And uh, okay, have, yeah. Yeah, just the views and from the place we were staying was gorgeous. And so that was very relaxing. I mean, the photos and, yeah. that you sent all looked very picturesque. Oh, very picturesque. And it was so picturesque. Right before it was too snowy to walk around. So it was, it was pretty nice. But okay. uh, Good. And beyond that, I saw Last Jedi, but we're not going to talk about that on this episode because Steve has not yet seen it. No, I have not. I've only heard <laughs> extremely mixed reviews. Right. Uh, Just extremely the, mixed yeah, reviews. The Star Wars super fans are very like either really upset or like really loving it. Um, I fall somewhere in the middle, but we'll talk about it when Steve sees it on the yeah, next after episode. after we see hopefully. it, but that's all I know about it right now. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I've been up to for the holidays. I'm mainly sticking around uh, here in Orlando. A lot of my family's coming down towards this area, so I don't have to go anywhere. Uh, just a little bit of family time, nothing crazy, and that's it for me. So what's been up with you, buddy? Um, not too much on the home front. We are, um, but we went and finally, Anna's had some trouble breathing since she got pregnant. Mm. Uh, and like, we were basically, the doctor was like, yep, sometimes your nose gets stuffed up when you're pregnant. And we were told it was normal. And then she had the kid and then it was still stuffed up. And she went to the doc and the doctor was like, yep, takes up to six months for your like sinuses to rebalance themselves sometimes. And so we ignored it. Uh, and then we went back to the doc and they're like, well, it's a, it's allergy season. Oh, here's, here's some allergy medicine. Take this check and it out, go doc? home. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and she, she kind of kept getting pushed off and pushed off. And finally I said, you know what? It's not allergy season anymore. Go see a specialist. To skip yeah. your doc, go straight to the specialist. Uh, they took one look, and Anna has nasal polyps, which are, you know, these hangy nasal. These like, uh, they're just blockages. Getting in the down. way, yeah. Just get getting in the way. Uh, and so th- we've got sc- surgery scheduled to have them removed right after the new year. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but I'm just glad she's finally getting taken care of. Yeah, so you can finally be able to breathe again. Yeah, and just sort of all the tests and stuff that surround it, that surround getting ready for that have just sort of just eaten us alive. Absolutely. Yeah. But otherwise, we're going to be at uh, Anna's mom's house for the big day. And then that night, actually, Christmas night, because it was the cheapest tickets available, we are taking a red-eye flight to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Across the United States. We get into Pittsburgh at like 6 a.m. Goodness. We're going to go rest up because my brother and, and his wife and their kid get in at like 5 p.m. And then we're doing Christmas morning with the, with my parents the next morning. So like the morning of the 27th. So not three hours later, but like the next morning. <laughs> right. Well, because the problem is they get in that evening. So either we would have to try to do it that night and they're oh, going to be gotcha. tired and we're going to be tired. Or we can let everyone settle, have a good night's sleep, and then like hit Christmas on the 27th hard. Well, that's great. You'll all be together, though. Yeah. We're, we're just happy to have that opportunity. And your parents' beautiful house. I love that place. Oh, yeah. And it's already snowed and it's bitter cold there. It's going to be real nice. fun. <laughs> we had my mom take a, keep an eye out for, uh, cause you can't buy that kind of clothing out here. Like a, like a snow onesie. Oh, that'd be adorable. For Joyce, we're like, just keep a, for a second hand. Cause we are only going to need it for like the four days we're there. We'll have to see pictures of that. Yes. I will get pictures of snow onesie <laughs> and my snow onesie. You better wear one. Also. In solidarity with your child. They don't make them in my size and also in the My Little Pony print I want. Oh, that is so. false. I bet you could find that somewhere on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're the worst, but you're right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but that's good. I'm glad that we both sound like we have an exciting holiday season ahead of us. And a relaxing one. You know, not yeah. too crazy. 
And I think that takes us into some nerd news. It's time for Nerdy News. Some holiday nerd news. Kind of, mine's not holiday themed. <laughs> See, there's mine. <laughs> All right, good. Just imagine jingle. Actually, Jarvin, just put jingle bells in by between by nerd go. news. And then whatever we talk about is Christmassy. Jing, 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 jing. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go second with this. So what, okay. what do you got for us? Uh, I've got um, a story that I've got two stories that I'm grouping together that I'm calling Predators Everywhere. <laughs> that sounds so Christmassy. <laughs> Uh, is it Krampus? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, no, so the first is a study that these uh, that they did of a bunch of like teenage boys, mm-hmm. and they did these personality tests that basically measured how much they're willing to take advantage of other other people and bully people and get ahead at other people's expense. A lot. So they built this scale, and then they took it and they took the same group and they had them take uh, a discussion about like sexual partners and sexual experience and and like successes, blah, blah, blah. And they lined them up then and they realized that the bigger the jerk and the bully, there's the more sex that person had. Oh, geez. So it wasn't just in our mind that those jackasses, like every jerk in high school was somehow having sex. I mean, maybe it like builds their confidence up to this egotastic level where they think that they're just awesome. And so that's well, what, what they, they ha- think is that it's left over from our evolution from back when being a bigger, more aggressive, more willing to put down other male dominant just for the sake of having sex where that was the main thing. Uh, it's like left over from that that time. Sure. I mean, I've seen studies of where like women and they are at that age susceptible to that more so than when they get older, more mature and their brain is able to be, think at a higher level than just like their hormones and think, OK, what do I really want in a partner in today's society? I need a partner who has longevity, who makes money, who makes me feel secure yeah. and safe and not an erratic, uh, angry, aggressive True. male. Right. So right. I, I who would bully that, or yeah. who would manipulate in order to try to get sex. Right. So, so that doesn't so, have long-term value. So nerdy guys everywhere, it wasn't just our imaginations in high school. Those <laughs> jerks that you're like, how, are, how is she with him? The, scientifically, it was against us. We didn't know like, at the time, but yeah. scientifically, it was against us. You just got to play the long game, nerds. Long game. And I like how I remember these misconceptions of me in high school. I talked to people later on thinking that I was like this ladies man. I had lots of sex in high school. I was like, I had two girlfriends in high school. <laughs> it's just that I had more girlfriends than most of my friends had. <laughs> Yeah, but you were like, here's the thing, though, even though you did only have, I think, two real long term girlfriends, I think yeah. maybe three, I, I would qualify one other. Um, you dated a lot. I did not date a lot. That's a thing. I did not you barely did. see anyone. No, you did. You think I, I was did. there for all of them. So here's the thing. I understand you're talking about these other people that didn't know you well, but you're talking to your best friend. Like I was there. <laughs> you dated. You dated. I'm talking about going out. Maybe hooking up a little bit, you know. I didn't hook up until too, college. But that was very I did, consistent. I did not hook up at all in high school. Only in, in college did I start hooking up with people. Okay, if you say so, bud. This belongs in the Soul Forge podcast, which is by John Tron <laughs> Vanderloo, which explores relationships, life, love, and sex, and all that kind of thing, which we'll not get into on this episode. Good, good plug, Jarman. But no, I was definitely there. That definitely happened. <laughs> You're so wrong. So wrong. So the other Predator story have, uh, is Jake Busey has made a statement about the Predators or the Predator film. It's coming out in 2018. Nice where connection. he is going to be playing 
the son of his father's character from Predator 2. Oh, wow. Looking for what killed his dad. <laughs> playing Gary Busey's son is playing Gary Busey's it's son. so meta that it just hurts me to think about. <laughs> and everyone's um, remember a character from Predator 2. <laughs> but his statement basically was that, uh, you know, it's going to get back to really the origins of Predators and why they're here and their modus operandi. And um, and it's really going to get back to the origins of, like their tech and showing how cool their tech is and how they use it. Interesting. Yeah. So so predators everywhere. What's it going to be called? Uh, the predator. Oh, the predator. OK. The. <laughs> that makes it more. Uh. Fun. <laughs> uh, get your money. He's the one. <laughs> All right. Well, it's very well connected there. So I'm excited for your new, new news. All right, so I'm making this new segment that I think we should continue throughout each year. When we reach our last episode of the year, we just talk okay. about which uh, genre shows being sci-fi, fantasy, and I'd say animated and horror as well uh, are being renewed and which shows are being canceled. Because this okay. is a either really happy time for us or a sad time if you're really invested in these shows. Okay. And so good news first. Here's the shows right. that will be continuing right. into the next year, either finishing up their last season or they're not canceled and going to go on forever. Uh, first, we have The 100, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, The Big Bang okay. Theory. Our, uh, uh, yeah, Bob's Burgers, which I have not yeah. seen yet. Uh, the Exorcist, haven't seen it. No. Family Guy, of course, is still going yeah. on. Uh, the Flash, Gotham, iZombie, which I haven't watched, but the girlfriend loves it. Uh, Last Man on Earth, which is a great post-apocalyptic show. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. Love that one. Yeah, good. I didn't know you watched that. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, one of those superhero shows. Uh, Lucifer. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that. Once Upon a Time, surprisingly, is still making it on to the, into next year. How? Uh, <laughs> it's on Friday nights now, though, so I think it's probably going to be canceled. It hasn't been. It hasn't made sense in three seasons. And it's been boring, too. And uh, uh, Also, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mentioned earlier. I think that's just continuing into this next year, but it's uncertain for the next season because uh okay it's also on friday nights which is always a death sentence um, oh yeah except for tgif bad. which which captured the minds of a generation <laughs> tgif that's like yeah. Clarissa explains it all and uh family kind of matters and i think full house maybe it's a rare condition this day and age uh, yeah the good news okay <laughs> whatever that one was yeah it was uh family matters that was good uh the originals on the cw have not seen it uh Riverdale, which is kind of a weird-ish genre show. It's strange. It's Archie and Jughead and all that. Uh, the Simpsons are still going on somehow. Supergirl, Supernatural is in its last season, but it's continuing next year. I love that show. Timeless, I thought was canceled, but apparently still going. 12 Monkeys, A Series of Unfortunate Events, American Dad. I have not even seen that in years. I didn't know nah, it was still I'm on. Good. Uh, American Gods, I'm glad that's going for. That's a great show. It's beautiful. Uh, American Horror Story, still going. Archer, I meant to catch up on that because it's also really good. Ash vs. Evil Dead, fantastic show. Glad it's still going. BoJack Horseman, uh, Daredevil. Wow, Dirk a lot of things survived. Yeah, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which I've heard great things about, but I've not watched. The Expanse, Fear of the Walking Dead, The Handmaid's Tale, Into the Badlands, Iron Fist, Legion, The Librarians, The Magicians. Wow, wow. The Man, The High Castle. Yes, I'm glad that's continuing. So I love that show. Mr. Robot, The OA is coming back, which was a great uh, one season thing on Netflix. I didn't think they were coming back, but there it is. Uh, Outcast, Outlander, The Path, Preacher, Scream, 
Uh, South Park uh, still wow. going strong. <laughs> Dear Lord, it never ends. It never ends. It's been like 25 years. Uh, Stand Against Evil, which is basically a copy off of Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I don't appreciate. Okay, good. But, um, Stranger Things, of course. Uh, the Strain, almost the end here. Van Helsing, uh, Westworld, Wyona Earp, and Z Nation. So, our very short list of canceled shows, thankfully, is uh, Emerald City, which I really liked. It was the whole, like, reimagining of Dorothy and um, okay. Wizard of Oz with uh, good actors. Frequency, which is based off that movie, didn't make it. Powerless, looked funny, didn't make it. Scream Queens, Sleepy Hollows, finally ending. Uh, Blunt Talk, which I'm sad about, because I had Patrick Stewart uh, in his own little series where he played basically a version of himself, and it was really funny. Uh, Dark Matter, people are upset about that one. Sense8 is canceled, but we'll have a wrap-up movie for 2018. Salem, and then Son of Zorn, which was a short-lived animation. Oh, show. yeah, I vaguely remember that. You know, kind of like Conan-ish. With animation cells over live action. Yeah. Right. So once a year, you can live through me listing off these things, but uh, basically it's everything we'd look forward to for next year and what's not going to make it. But pretty good, I think. A lot of good yeah, shows good. are still going. Uh, mind you, I'm interested to see how the landscape of a lot of that changes now that Disney is going to own Fox soon. That is weird. Yeah. A lot of the shows you just named are Fox or FX properties. I was just going to say, yeah, FX is a lot of those too, and that's uh-huh. also Fox. So it's crazy to think of because they already have their own channel. ABC. Yeah, they, they now own Archer, Bob's Burgers, The Simpsons, Family Guy. Um, Oof, that's crazy. Right. It's insane. They own so much now. It's, it's incredible. Like they the antitrust laws of, are weird too. They, they, they own 30% of Hulu, but they're going to launch their own streaming service. Maybe they won't have to now. Maybe. I mean, this could be their play to buy in without having to do anything. Right. Cause I think that'd be silly to shoot themselves in the foot if they're pulling away from their own money from Hulu, but who knows? Yeah. Mm. Who knows? But yeah, it, it could, that it could, it could, change incredibly over the next year i'm interested to see what happens and also the marvel properties you know being folded together like x-men and yeah uh, x-men are fantastic now four. Be pulled in fantastic four now back in so basically the only ones they don't own now are the ones that sony still has control over which isn't that much but just mostly all the spider-man main villains right, right. and there is some tv stuff they don't have control over as well some of the minor series kind of yeah. stuff a little weird yeah it's gonna be crazy though i think they have swamp thing now so there you go <laughs> yes or man thing i don't know man thing man thing <laughs> i feel it in my fingers i feel it in my toes christmas is all around me and so the feeling grows so to get us into the holiday spirit before we get into our main movie discussion i've uh, come up with a bit of a bit called the reason for the season where i've got the background on a few uh things that we maybe take for granted from the holiday season so the holiday itself december 25th uh was first celebrated as the birth of jesus on december 25th as far back as 336 and then a few years after that, uh, the uh, Pope Julius I officially declared that December 25th was the birth of Jesus. Even though, like, by calculations, they know that's not when the even the fictitious Jesus would have been born. Right. But that's when the first Christian Roman emperor had been. Uh, Constantine had been celebrating it. And so I think the Pope was just signing on. Look, like, all right, let's do yep. it. Yep. And it was like yeah. a pagan holiday before that, right? 
Yeah, it was this thing called uh, the Feast. It was, well, most people think it comes from Saturnalia, which was this um, sacrifice and feast to the god Saturn. Hmm. Uh, And this feast happened from December 17th to the 23rd. And then two days later on something called Dies Natalis Solus Invicti, nobody speaks Latin, (laughs) uh, which means the birth of the unconquered sun on December 25th started then like the ascent into the into like spring so it's like a seasonal holiday yeah yeah, yeah. uh there's a lot of very cool links uh between like ancient sun worship and the jesus mythos it's pretty cool there's pretty interesting stuff absolutely so some minor things rudolph who has become like a staple of our childhood uh was not in the reindeer mythos for a really long time a guy named robert l may who was a copywriter wrote this poem about rudolph for Montgomery Ward because they needed a Christmas mascot. <laughs> Makes sense. And so Rudolph is a production of a great ad campaign by Montgomery Ward. And pretty much the modern day version of Santa Claus is basically the amalgam that Coke put together with their Yeah, ad basically. Campaigns. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, something that's interesting I hadn't heard of, but it's got German roots, apparently, kind of the Christmas pickle. Yes, I heard about that recently on another podcast. Yeah, so in the 1880s, Woolworths made all these vegetable ornaments, and one of them was a pickle. And for some reason, it became this thing that it was an old German tradition to have a pickle ornament on the tree. And then you you search for the pickle ornament on Christmas morning, and the first person to find it got a bonus pickle gift. I always like playing hide the pickle with my family. That's right. Always in the tree. <laughs> always. That's so terrible. Also, try saying Woolworths three times. Fast. Woolworths, Woolworths, Woolworths. <laughs> uh, and and some believe it was part of maybe like a clever ad campaign to sell more of these things. But basically, German people like there's no no indication that it actually ever came from German roots. <laughs> it's made that like shit up. at all. Like it just kind of amalgamated out of nowhere. Uh, but yeah, it's the Christmas pickle. And I heard on the other, yeah the podcast uh, Bizarre States from Nerdist. Uh, Jessica Chobot's one of the hosts, and she would hide it every year. Her parents would hide it, and whoever, whichever kid found it would get some money. That was like a thing. They'd find the pickle and get some money. Ah. So it's just weird. <laughs> i never heard of that before. Uh, and with that, getting us into the holiday mindset, I think that takes us into our main segment, our review of The Muppet Christmas Carol. It's in the giving of a gift to another, a pair of mittens that were made by your mother. It's all the ways that we show love that feel like Christmas. A part of childhood will always remember. It is the summer of the soul in December. So, Jarvin, what did you think about this? Uh, As the not-Muppet guy. I had to admit that I found this movie much less magical than the other Muppet movies we've watched so far. Okay. In Uh, what way? Because they do travel through time and dimensions. Right. And that kind of stuff. But I mean, just as far as like, I, maybe it's, it's as simple as how bleak it is because it's a Dickens story and it's a yeah, you know, dark palette of colors. There's not a lot of celebration. There's not a lot of happiness until the very end, of course. Um, Kermit's not the lead of the story, which is a first time for these movies, of course. Yeah. Uh, and so it just didn't feel Muppety. I felt like I was watching kind of a an odd version of The Christmas Carol with bad songs <laughs> so um that's so my I, initial impression <laughs> it's funny that you're the way you're describing it because the way you're describing it is literally exactly what they were going for really 
like a bad, when, bad version of the Christmas Carol? No, no, no. I don't think it was a bad version of Christmas Carol. Right. I just don't think it was the Muppety version of the Christmas Carol people were expecting. Right. Uh, it was just more serious and a little bit more dour, but they wanted to be very true to the, the original book. And uh, even uh, Brian Henson, when he met with Michael Caine the first time, Michael Caine, he was kind of describing what he wanted. And Michael Caine said, I'm going to play this as if I was on like the royal stage with the most serious actors in the world. And Brian Henson said, yes, that's exactly how I want it. Mm-hmm. He didn't want him playing up to the Muppets. He didn't want him making it silly. He wanted him to be the best Ebenezer Scrooge ever. And that's why I think it's kind of a misfire because it doesn't, there's nothing about this that makes it a Muppet movie except for the occasional silly jokes from Rizzo and Gonzo. And it's like, otherwise this it's like, why, why is this a Muppet movie? You know, like that's the way it felt to me is like, it just kind of felt like, they were trying too hard to be serious and then just made it so it's like, well, this is like any other Christmas Carol movie, except it's not as good. I'm sorry. See, I'm, being, thought, I'm being really critical here. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought that it was a very, see, I, th- I like that it was a very direct Christmas Carol and that it's, it's my favorite Christmas Carol because of they just took it and they made it theirs. They didn't try to make it like a crazy giant Muppet production. Well, I think the problem was that I, I do like this story and in all different adaptations and almost every single time I've watched some up or a Christmas Carol on, on stage or in Scrooge or in uh, mm-hmm. the Patrick Stewart version um, or the 1984 version with George C. Scott, like I that turn at the end when he gets so happy and he wants to celebrate, he's so happy he can redo Christmas. I always tear up a little bit like it gets me. It moves me. And this time it was so muted by Michael Caine. It might be mostly his fault. Like, I, I feel mean, like he did not hit those emotional high notes like he really needs to. He's like, I'm I don't know, very really? happy. When he, it's Christmas. When he's crying at his grave? Well, that was better than when he's, he outbursts at the end. That's, that's my part that always turns me. That makes me, when he, he comes out and he's really happy, he just didn't hit it for me. But he was great at the crying scene. But then once True. it came to being happy, it's like he just didn't do enough for me. But okay. I don't know. Because that, that know. part of the movie was very heavy on him. Even the Muppets backed out. Like, I love that they even yeah, addressed that. that. That was a great moment. They're like, oh, it's too scary. We'll be, we'll be back in the we'll finale. We'll see you guys in the finale. <laughs> that was really funny. I like that. My favorite moments in this movie were the Rizzo, Gonzo, like, moments. They had great chemistry. Um, like, that's a great pairing. They're so funny together. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they, they they go together very well in a lot of different settings, which is why it's a pairing that's been used a lot. Christmas apple. Red, delicious. Something's a piece while they last. We... They won't last long the way you're eating them. Hey, I'm creating scarcity. Drives the prices up. Rizzo. Hello. By them, that and because they're the two of the only like real original guys left. Oh, yeah. The voices. Uh, Well, even but Steve Whitmire has gone now. The guy Rizzo, he's gone. He's the guy got fired. Yeah, he got fired. Not he's he's dead or something. He's gone. But he went off the deep end, too. So yeah, a little bit. He did. Um, (laughs) But no, that. They're absolutely great, and they went through multiple revisions where originally they were going to be Charles and Dickens. <laughs> nice. Like, co-tell the story, but then that didn't work because Rizzo plays the straight man better against Gonzo, so it wouldn't quite work well. And they also in did the narration so that they could fit as much of the original Christmas Carol in as possible. Yeah, I like that. And a lot of the the dialogue and a lot of the words they use are directly from the book. 
like very the one true in that way. Michael Caine makes a pun of some sort. I think that was probably from the original book. There's, it was like there's more of gravy than of grave about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was it that one? Was that, that the had one? to be a Charles Dickens line? Because <laughs> <laughs> they make fun of it. They're like, "What the hell? It's a horrible pun." More of gravy than of grave. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And then I've got a drink. You said terrible songs. I love some some of the music in, in this is a miss. I agree. But there's some great music throughout. Well, here's my issue, I think, as I'm developing my opinion on Muppets in general, is that they're actually not that bad of songs. But just the problem is, from an objective standpoint, if you knew nothing about Muppets whatsoever and were just hearing mm-hmm. these songs, they're not very good singers. And I know some of that's in purpose because they're like trying to do character voices, which is fine, but they're not hitting the notes very well. They're not they're not very strong singers. And so it's just like it's not very nice, pleasant to listen to. And so if, if you really just take yourself back from like the idea of them being Muppets and that's cute and that's, that's the characters and it's, you know, interesting that way, like get some better singers. <laughs> like, I mean, that's why I love so much in Follow That Bird when those uh, the two adults from Sesame Street were singing because they are fantastic singers. And I was like, wow, that's a big difference. And then the song's beautiful now. And then it goes back. Yeah, to but the how Muppets. are the Muppet singers in Follow That Bird? You're talking about humans, though. What, yeah, I'm saying the, the Muppets weren't that great either in that movie. In any of the movies, the Muppets aren't very strong singers. Well, yeah, it's because they've got to be characters. Right. And you can still be characters and sing well. But the problem is when you're relying so heavily on singing and then all of your performers don't sing very well, it kind of takes back takes me out of the movie a little bit. That's the only problem. See, I like, disagree with you because a lot <laughs> of the Muppet performers really have some musical chops. Like the the the, the uh, Statler and Waldorf singing in this movie as the Marley Brothers, like they were all over the place and like very yeah off key I mean, and like some of that's character, but some of it's just, they can't sing very well. For, for me, I excuse it because, and this is tough and this is across the board now. It's something you kind of got used to is that neither of those are those guys original characters. Yeah. They just, so they're them doing out an movie. impression of the way Jim and Jerry used to do it. That's kind of excusable too. Yeah, And true. then trying to sing through an impression they're doing of two dead guys. And the same so can be said about Kermit, because he was he was a little bit better of a singer in the past movies, and now it's a brand new guy playing him. So I I, I do yeah. understand that that is kind of excuse. And that's the other thing, Steve Whitmire, uh, the guy who did Kermit for a long time, uh, he has some really crazy vocal chops. He's got a really high, clear register and range. Hmm. He can hit some crazy high notes, but he's doing his Kermit impression of Jim's Kermit impression, and then trying to sing through it, and not very used to it yet. Yeah, right. right. And it's just strange. So in my mind, I kind of go, yeah, it makes sense. But is that excusable? And then Michael Caine sings at the end. And he's terrible. (laughs) Yes, that musical number was not. (laughs) Life is like a journey. Who knows when it ends? Yes, and if you need to know the measure of a man, you simply count his friends. With an open heart, with a deaf shot. I'm trying to hold it up. Would be deaf, you a niche to me. They should have had him talk sing What do we do when we fall down? We get back up again, Mr. Wayne. Why do we fall, sir? So that we can learn to pick ourselves up. A love we foul. A love we foul. Oh God! So that that took it out for me. The songs weren't that bad. I liked the um, the, my probably my the best one that was least distracting was the Tiny Tim song. That was nice and pleasant. 
And oh, I do feel for the family. Life is full of sweet surprises. Every day's a gift. Yeah, it's yeah. a sweet one. I that was very that adorable. So I like that. I, I, I always like that one. Um, I really enjoy uh, It Feels Like Christmas. Which one's that? Uh, with with the big, the, the ghost of Christmas present. Oh, that was, I, I wrote down that he was my favorite come ghost. Come in, come in and know me better, man. <laughs> he says it over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And then the first spirit had some really terrible technical difficulties, so it became a very limited performance. It was creepy as hell. <laughs> so in the first one, it was good. It's David Goals, the guy who did, uh, who also does Gonzo. He was a performer in the tank, and they were originally doing it in a tank of like baby oil. Ugh. And within the first day, they had three puppets. I think three puppets to do it with. The first puppet was just ruined. <laughs> Gotta imagine the oil had soaked in to like the pores on the fabric, and just like it was expanded and bloated, <laughs> even more terrifying. <laughs> really messed up. And so they had to nix it, and they just brought in a pure water tank. And David Gold's through all this had to hop into a giant tank full of baby oil and a giant tank full of water for like three days. Yikes! To film all this stuff with like a scuba tank on <laughs> it looked really cool it just looked really yeah, creepy yeah, yeah uh but yeah it, it, filming did not go according to plan with that specific puppet and it, another big scene that was uh impressive kind of like the bicycle scenes in the previous movies was the uh all the rats cleaning up the office like, oh I'm, yeah i'm I love sure that, that would have taken a ton of work so that was pretty impressive one more sleep till christmas is another one of those musical numbers i really disagree with you i think it's a, a puppet classic no sleep till Christmas. Which one is that? What, one more sleep till Christmas. After that, all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. That's when they're cleaning up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, season that one to I didn't enjoy. Jolly I didn't enjoy us. So, what song didn't you like? I've named like three songs of well, the of the seven, and you've said you've liked all of them. So well, what I was saying is that the songs themselves aren't bad. It's just that it's so distracting because the singing is so bad. That like it really? goes beyond character voices to just being like these are really bad singers. Whereas maybe they just got used to their voices better than in the following movies. We need to watch them and see. But uh, it's just but none of the songs really stuck out to me. To be perfectly honest, like in, like in the other movies, hey, uh, maybe movie. I'm just, like that. Like I still remember that. But like I'm not gonna remember any of the songs from this movie. Yeah, I guess they're not as catchy as the other ones. I guess. I mean, it's a slower. All everything's a, a slower tempo, pretty much. True. And I guess that's, that's part, part of it, too. It's just this story, I feel, doesn't lend itself very well to Muppets if I was just being pitched as an elevator because the rest of the stories are all about this great hope that, that they always have hope till the very end and there's always going to be some kind of mission to accomplish. And maybe the rest of the movies aren't like that. But the previous ones we've watched so far, it's all about accomplishing this great mission. How are they going to do it? They get stopped along the way, but they pull through in the end. And this was just completely True. different because, you know, it's a known story. I mean, it's still out of place to me. I I mean, the way I think about this movie, as far as like in the historical context, Mm -hmm. was Jim. Jim was gone, so he was already gone before this was even a concept, or he had like started to work on it. Oh, he no, he was gone. I mean, most people think that Jim was alive. They never would have done what they call the storybook stories. Uh Um, oh, like Treasure Island and all that stuff. Treasure Island, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, they never would have done that. Um, they would have done a, a they would have done a Christmas thing, but it would have been an original of some sort, right? Um, but you know, for a studio to pick up, you know, the Muppets after Jim was gone, it was probably easier to pitch them something that already had, they had some idea to wrap their head around. Sure. That makes sense. As the first outing for the Muppets, than like some new original thing with Jim's son who had never directed a movie before. Right. So I, that's how I sort of see this one was them like, yeah, we can still do it. 
Well, I totally see myself as being right now like the people in Star Trek who are like, everything made after Gene Roddenberry died is crap. <laughs> like maybe I'm being that kind of guy right, right, right. now. <laughs> but you know, it's just a big jarring move to me that maybe I'll get more used to it when I move into the next films. But like as of right now, this is a big departure from what see, we saw previously. What I, as an adult, I like this one more because of the pacing. Right. Like, I don't think it's a like, bad movie. It like, I just think way. that it's it feels so different from the other ones. That's yeah, all. true. Like, it's not a bad movie. I enjoy the performances. Um, I just I really love Gonzo and Rizzo. They were they've grown yeah. me a lot more than past past movies. Uh, there was just less featured other Muppets as well. There wasn't enough time to show other Muppets as much, which yeah, is sad. But, but there was a ton of Muppets in that first few sequences. My God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that's and like little tiny budget. Muppets and holes and stuff. <laughs> The dog from, uh, what's his face? From uh, Fraggle Rock? Yeah, from Fraggle Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Sprocket. So yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. And I just, all right, all maybe right. some of those voice things that you were saying can be explained because they're new to the characters. Because um, I didn't notice that as much in the other movies that it was bad singing. Um, that just came across more. Because I think they were pretty intricate songs as well. Like a lot of, you know, ups and downs. And they just didn't do it very well. But. Yeah, I'm sorry to poo-poo on it. <laughs> you're dead to me. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I think you're waiting for me to poo-poo on, on Treasure Island and not this one. <laughs> Maybe, but if you, here's the thing, though. Now hearing why you didn't like this one, then I think you will like Treasure Island. Okay. I just misjudged why I thought you would like it. Because I just really like the, the, the happy, just pleasantness of Muppets in the previous movies, and that really wasn't there in this one. That, then you're going to love Treasure Island. <laughs> even though I shouldn't. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm just I, I'm just wrong. Hey, we can have different opinions. This is why we're doing this thing. You see, like a new perspective on these That's things that right. we've loved for so long. Because um, we haven't really found, yeah, you know, we found lots of different points of view on these Star Trek films as well. That's true. We have. They're all bad. Just all terrible. No, every one of them. Oh no, is that not the consensus? <laughs> no, no, that's not the consensus. Uh, oh, okay, we okay. Kind of that. Uh, yeah, and the one right. thing I want to talk about is a song that <laughs> I remember from when I saw this in theaters, and then from the original VHS release. Uh, and now you can't get anywhere. And I think it's called The Love We Found. And so there's a really weird jarring scene kind of in the middle where he's with the ghost of Christmas past. And she's like, I'll take you to another one with this young lady. And he's like, no, spirit, please no. And it's the one where Belle broke up with him. Right. There's a whole song, like a three minute song about them falling out of love. Does the, the ghost sing it or does? No, it's the two of them. Oh, like the young actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And it's a really sweet song. And I remember as a kid, I hated it because it really broke up the movie. Like, I understand why they took it out. But as an adult, it's I like miss that song. And I expect it to be there. And it's never there on the DVD or Blu-ray release. Love is gone. Love is gone. The sweetest dream that you have ever I saw that uh, in the version I found from the Storks that they included that in another song, like in, in the package. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other song is uh, sung by Sam the Eagle about like the importance of industry and business. I can see why they cut that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Though Sam does have my favorite moment in the entire thing. <laughs> business, industry. It is the American way. Then, oh, no. Sam. 
no, it is the British way. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, like that's my favorite moment. Of the whole thing. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That and uh, he's uh, one day your foundation will be as strong in this very building, and the the bookshelf collapses. <laughs> I've been meaning to fix that. And a random moment I liked so much was the very towards the beginning. Gonzo's with Rizzo and. Um, he's trying to look through the window as he's talking about Scrooge and he can't see through it because it's so dirty. And he goes, man, this really is a dirty city. And then he picks up Rizzo and, and wipes him on the window. And Rizzo's <laughs> like, thank you for making me a part of this. <laughs> thanks for making me a part of this. It's so, but no, he seemed so many of those, He was like, yeah, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> so many, um, so many great moments between Gonzo and Rizzo and those little interims like, oh, I left my jelly beans on the other side of the fence. <laughs> and he like goes under, comes back through. What? You can fit through those bars? Yeah. You are such an idiot. What? What? Hey, what? What? <laughs> I love it one scene, too. I forgot what was happening, but Rizzo just quietly goes over and kisses Gonzo in the nose. It's just really cute. He's like... <laughs> for, just to piss him off. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So good. And the HD release that the young Ebenezer, who apparently had a song that was cut, uh, he just had makeup all on his forehead, and it just distracted me for the whole scene. Oh, that's the song I was talking about. It's him and Belle. Yeah. It was like, but he could just see, like, the makeup because it's like an HD remaster, and it's like this, this streak of makeup <laughs> across his forehead. <laughs> I did not notice. But yeah, the Ghost of Christmas present was my favorite. That That man puppet was so cool looking and it was just really neat i like that puppet a lot yeah, yeah, yeah and then death was you know death typical yeah like exactly what you would expect no surprises yeah so yeah that's all right it. well i'm sorry you didn't like it as much but it makes me think that you're gonna like treasure island more than i thought possibly and i i didn't dislike this movie it was a good telling of the christmas carol but funny moments but i was just like there's some there's some holes in it too for me Right, it, it was just bastard. it was just jarring going from what we've seen to this. It was a big difference. So I just I think, remember the next movie has Tim Curry. So you can't beat that. <laughs> get ready, get ready for it, because it doesn't have Michael Caine, Ma- Master Michael Bruce. Caine. <laughs> I will not watch you die, Master Bruce. Ma- Merry Christmas, Michael Caine. Michael, where is Michael, Michael Caine? Caine? <laughs> what do we do when we fall down, Kermit? Humbug. We get, we get up. <laughs> Oh, he's back again. He never <laughs> and, left uh, us. I think that's been our review of Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, we don't have to recap the whole story. I think everyone knows the story. Yeah, yeah. There Carol. was no point in getting into that. There was no point in getting into that. The only difference is that this is being told, narrated by Charles Dickens as Gonzo, which is kind of cool. There goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grim. If they gave a prize for me and me, a winner would be him. Old Scrooge, he loves his money. All right, so now I've got a segment uh, called Nutmeg and Nostalgia, Woo. where uh, I've got a list of the top-selling Christmas toys from the years of our youth, and we're going to go through them and talk and just reminisce. Nice. Uh, so I started with the year we were born, because these are the things that would have been then hand-me-down toys to, to, to me in my like early life. Were you born in the same year as me? 86, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were 87 for some reason. No, no, no. I'm just summer, so I'm late. And yes, I know our older listeners were young. We get it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so 1986, it was this home laser tag set that I remember my buddy Joe had, and it was a hand-me-down from his older brother. It still worked? 
it took like, but it takes like 18 double A batteries to run. <laughs> of course, the dies because each hour. of the because like each of the sh- the chest packs has two batteries, and each of the guns has four, and there's four guns and four chest packs. Like it just was not Which <laughs> you needed so many batteries to make it happen. Very impractical. Very very impractical. I had a different version of it years later. In the 1987, we got Jenga. It's crazy to think that there was a time before Jenga. Oh, yeah. I've always known it to be around. That's right. It's that old staple that every person has because you can lose a crazy amount of pieces and you can still play. That's true. That's the the genius of Jenga. Just be a shorter tower. In 1988, it was the starting lineup baseball figurines. (laughs) That was the best selling toys. Yeah, this is the best-selling toys of these of the Christmases. That's back when baseball was still popular. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the mustaches were much more impressive back then. <laughs> and, and chewing tobacco. And then 1989, the Game Boy. I had one of those. Which came with Tetris. I remember my dad bought one off of one of his coworkers who didn't want theirs anymore. And that's how I got mine. It was so I was so excited. Yeah, I had to hand me down one, too, that came with Tetris. And I remember I was so sad because at summer camp one year, I dropped it in a fountain. <laughs> and one of my mom's like uh, clients, he was like a technician and he basically he did the trick where he put it into a thing of, of rice. OK, and I pulled it out the next day and it worked. And I was like, magic. <laughs> but It really works. If you put something like electronic. I really wish you. I hope you literally <laughs> cried. Magic. magic. <laughs> but if your phone drops in the water, don't give it away. Put in a thing of rice for overnight and it works the next day. I tried it with my girlfriend's phone about a few months ago and it worked. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing you can do is try to like don't plug it in. Don't try to charge right. it. Don't <laughs> put a lot of electricity it. through it. Just let it let it be off. Put it in some rice yeah. or silicia gel, and you'll be good. All right, 1992, the Barmy Dream House. Hmm, that's right. I thought that'd be multiple seller, but uh, I have to mention 1992 because I just noticed that uh-huh. Talk Talk Boy was the the thing in 1992 as well. Oh, 93, I've got for Talk Boy. Oh, you do? Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's when um uh Home Alone two came out, and that's when that shit went crazy. Right. I love that. I had a talk boy. It was great. Uh, 94, it was Power Rangers figures. Now, you haven't had any of these toys except the, except the laser set so far? I had I had a Power Rangers figure. Um, Yeah, that's it, really. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures, of course. And a Game Boy, I would assume. And Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Beanie Babies in 95. I had a couple of Man, those. Man, remember when everyone thought that was going to be a big shit? It was for a while. For a little bit, but everyone forgets the trends also just go away. <laughs> the bubble bursts. Uh, Tickle Me Elmo oh, in 96. God. I remember that craziness. I remember seeing like riots on television. Yeah, it's like people, inspired by like that jingle all the way thing where people just beat each other up for toys for Christmas. Just insane. Uh, in 97, it was the Tamagotchi. Those <laughs> little egg things where you had to feed it and clean up its poo. Those were big in school. I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember we, like, hit, we, we, they got, like, outlawed at some point. Yeah. And then there were, like, battle Tamagotchis that you had to hook them up and then make your monsters fight each other and stuff. There's all sorts of, it's all early, sorts of uh, good. Early Pokemon stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 98, we got the Furby. Oh, yeah. I remember that thing. Or some, someone I knew had one. It was real creepy. Now, was it initially associated with uh, Gizmo? Or do they just make a Furby gizmo? They no, they. Uh, I mean, they were sued. Furby, the Furby company, got sued and had to pay out, I believe, because they eventually made an official Furby gizmo. I think they did, probably, maybe as part of the lawsuit, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, they they got sued for like lightness rights. It looked just like it. Yeah, yeah. There was no way to say that wasn't what it was. <laughs> 
1999 Pokemon cards. There you go. And at cut off at 2001. That's why I asked you. Like I asked Jeremy before, what year did you just stop caring about toys? Well, we can keep going until we don't recognize it. All right. Well, that's that's the thing. The perfect thing was the 2002. I've got no clue what it is. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, 2000, the Razor Scooter. Yeah, that was really popular. I remember and that. And then this one surprised me. 2001, this like extreme pogo stick. Don't really was recall the that. top seller. Wow. The reemergence of the pogo stick. And then 2002, the one I don't recognize, the first one after your cutoff was the fur real cat. Nope. It's like a cat. Exactly. <laughs> Don't know what that uh, is. 2003 Robo Sapiens. That sounds familiar. Probably and then 2004, the Nintendo DS. Thank God. We're back to <laughs> something I know. Back to video games. Yeah. Uh, and then most of it's like electronics after that point. Uh, X360, PS3, iPod Touch, Nintendo Wii, the iPad, the LeapPad Explorer, the Wii U. Hmm. Like the next six or seven years are just like consoles or, or tech. I was looking up the Teddy Ruxpin because I had one of those when I was a kid, but apparently that was 85. So it's right before your list started. And then this year's hot item I looked up and there's something called fingerlings. And they're these little monkey puppets that clutch onto your fingers. <laughs> what the hell? They're, they're finger like, puppets? Yeah, not, not, no, they're not finger puppets. They are monkeys that with like clippy hands. Okay. Clip around your finger. Weird. So, like, your finger is the branch, and they're the monkey holding on to the branch. <laughs> Kids will buy anything, I suppose. Yeah, but those are fingerlings are the huge thing this year. So, check them out, parents. Fingerlings. And as you might have seen on the news, they just released that some kid has made $11 million last year just reviewing toys on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, like, opens boxes and plays with stuff on camera. It's great. And the great joke I saw, I think it was on, like, Colbert or something. He was like, and then his parents told him, that's right. You made $50 on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right. Oh, that's ridiculous. I thought we'd relive a little bit of our childhood there. Do you remember, like, one toy that blew your mind away as a kid? (sighs) That one thing you asked for and were just so surprised you got? Well, I mean, I do remember playing with that uh, Talkboy for hours. I love that Talkboy. I do remember you had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you record things from the radio, then you could record yourself over them. You could slow it down, play it back. Uh, yeah, it was, that was hours high of fun. speed and stuff. Yeah, that was a good time. And then also our thing in middle school we love was just having a video camera because we made so many stupid movies together. Oh, yeah. You can spend hours just burnt, just making dumb stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And now everyone has one of those in their phone, which is crazy. It's ridiculous. Think about how many movies we would have made if we had had cameras in our phones. Or we'd not even think about it because everything was like phones posted in our to YouTube. Pockets. Like, we wouldn't even think about it. It'd be like, oh, it's just another YouTube video. It'd be so boring. But we thought we were yeah, so yeah. cool because we actually had a camera. And we took the time to do stuff. That's oh, right. Kids these days. They don't get That's it. right. Damn. <laughs> so now I've got a short game that kind of came to me a few days ago. And the perfect title came to my mind about 15 minutes before we started. And the game I've got is called their play things or they play things. <laughs> okay. So I've got some toys, some popular uh, current toys, and I've got some independent bands. And German <laughs> has to tell me whether what I tell him is a current toy or an independent band. So either their play things or they play things. Very clever. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm good. Pickles. All right. So what I will tell you, though, is for the toys, I took the brand names out because there's it would have been game over. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Like I couldn't leave Play-Doh in front of the name of the toy because <laughs> right or Hasbro's whatever whatever exactly exactly you got it so I it, I did make it a little bit more difficult but just so that it could happen at all that makes sense all right are you ready to play their play things or they play things perfect let's do it screwball that seems like that'd be a 1950s toy so I'm gonna go with indie band they play things that's right that is a they play things they are a band woohoo. All right. Little brother. Uh, maybe some weird kind of new doll. It's a, so they're play things. I'm sorry. That is a band. They play things. <laughs> Lame. All right. Super color pack. That'd be a terrible band name. So I'm going to go with uh, their play things. That's right. That's Play-Doh's super color pack. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> My Pal Scout. They play things. Any band. I'm sorry. That is a their play thing. Damn it. That is a, it's a toy. It's a computerized stuffed animal where like you squeeze each paw and it does stuff. Of course it does. I wrote down a description of each of these so I could at least verify <laughs> they were real. Nice. I also want a description of the indie band music. That it's I'm all bad. Got, I'm kidding. It's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> Elephant Parade. Hmm. I don't know how that could be a game, so I'm going to go with Indie Band. They play things. I'm sorry. That is a their play things. <laughs> what, is, what is this game? What is it? It's not a game. It's a elephant pool toy that for like a, for a toddler. How is it a parade yeah. then? Because they're little, uh, one, a bigger elephant in front of a smaller elephant in front of a smaller elephant, and they all have wheels on them, and you pull them. I call bullshit. I'm, it's, from, <laughs> it's from Mega Block, if you want to look it up. Mega Block <laughs> Elephant Parade. It's a terrible toy. It's stupid. It is. Okay, sure. Uh, so you did not get that one. I'm sorry. Okay. This one's difficult. Mm-hmm. Beat Bow DLX. B-E-A-T-B-O DLX. Beat Bow DLX. Well, this is hard. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with it's a play thing. That is a their playthings. You're right. <laughs> it's a little bug astronaut thing that looks like a nightmare of light and sound. <laughs> All right, I got two more. Uh, Strange Fruit Project. It has to be an indie band. They play that things. Is, that is an indie band. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, now this is our last one. Deltron 3030. D-E-L-T-R-O-N. 3030. Uh, an indie band. They they play things. That is a they play things. You're correct. <laughs> you were a rough start, but I think you finished strong. I hope so, because that, that could have been a game. I see where you went with that. And you actually ended up with five out of eight. More than not, half. Not terrible. I almost failed the class. Not terrible at all, but I think you did pretty well for a ridiculous game. And ladies and gentlemen, that's been the very cleverly named Their Play Things or They Play Things. <laughs> for our Christmas extravaganza. Christmas holiday spectacular hoopla. So go out there and review some toys and give us a cut of your profits. That's right. Any of those toy companies can feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> And that takes us to some trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. 
Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low end of the scale, we have Don't Waste a Match. This movie is so bad that I wouldn't waste a single match to burn it. Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. So uh, this week we found some last minute. Uh, we got yeah, Jurassic out, out World. Out of nowhere in the last two weeks, a bunch of trailers kind of popped up in the middle of what was a kind of a dry season. Yeah, there wasn't much going on because I think right now it's either Oscar movies or garbage. Right, uh, garbage for after the new year. Right. Yeah. So we have Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom first. So, uh, what are you dating like an accountant now? Or? Owen. Ventriloquist? Stop it. You love a dummy. This is not why we're here. I know why we're here. A rescue op. Save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. <laughs> Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're going to be here after. Life cannot be contained. Life breaks free. Life... Finds a way. And what I have to say about this is that it looks like it has none of the majestic wonder of the original film left. It's just it's all Transformers action fest, dino battles, volcanoes exploding. What do you think? See, I disagree. I think this looks like an over Hollywooded barrel of trash fire. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Oh, never mind. Then we definitely agree. Yeah, that's this what looks I was so, saying. This looks so bad. What do you think so I was incredibly saying? bad. No, I was I was playing the fool for a joke <laughs> because this thing looks inexcusably bad. Oh I don't know God. what to do with this. It looks like like volcano meets Indiana Jones meets the third Jurassic Park film. We need Tommy Lee Jones in here to say, I'm here to stop the volcano with my bare hands. That's the, that's the end. You know, they're running. The dinosaurs, they hit the water. They've got nowhere to go. The lava's coming. And then Tommy Lee Jones shows up, just punches the volcano in the face. <laughs> if you haven't, then, you should watch our episode of Volcano versus And then regretfully kisses Anne Heche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, was it Anne Heche and Volcano? It was Oh, Anne that's Heche. a terrible pairing. Oh, I know. That's awful. <laughs> it really was. Watch and listen to our review. I listened to it not too long ago. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, great. Great um, to listen to. But it looks like, you know, the, the island where all the dinosaurs are, the abandoned park, is has an active volcano that's going to erupt. And so it's the question of are they going to save the dinosaurs or not? It's decided they are or maybe they aren't, and then they go in anyway. And them going back to the island and trying to capture samples, I guess. 
None of it makes sense. It looks like the second movie and the third movie had sex with a volcano. So there's an ongoing trend here of big, huge budget tentpole pictures, studios trying to pick up these indie directors that have no experience making giant blockbuster films and giving them one and hoping they're going to hit magic where you give all this money to a person who's made these beautiful indie films. Obviously, you're going to have a magical film. But the problem is the director comes in with an idea of what they want to do. Very strong ideas, what they want to do. And then the oh, studio yeah. shuts all that down. And so in the middle, they meet somewhere and it becomes a garbage fire. Right. Instead um, of letting them make the film that they want to make. Right. They have to make what the studio wants. Because apparently. And they don't know what the studio wants because it's their first time. It's just it's, a, uh, it's set up to fail. And the first movie, Jurassic World, I think was a passable film. It wasn't great. But it was like, eh, it was. I see where they're going. It was all right. And that was Colin Trevorrow, I think, to the first one. Uh, but then they gave him Fantastic Four, and they and that stepped, was a nightmare. They stepped in hardcore on that one. Apparently, the original movie that was going to be made was going to be interesting and dark, but they wanted to change everything and became this huge nightmare. They had to cut the whole end and change it, reshoot it. So they kicked him out as director in this film before he could even start. But he had already written half of it, so he's co-writing this movie. And now they pulled in a new indie director called J. A. Bayona who did The Orphanage, which is a very popular horror film, like indie film. Right. And he also did um, A Monster Calls recently, which did okay, but also a smaller kind of emotional film. And now he's I'm doing- a monster. Yeah. The Elysian. I have a certain set we of monster also, skills. We also reviewed that trailer. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Bring me the kangaroo that cooked me this steak. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's doing this movie for some reason, because other indie directors, you know, they're going to fuck it up, and it looks, it looks miserable. Uh, but I did put we'll see to see if a second trailer gives us any more idea of character development or story or anything besides just monsters blowing up. Uh, but uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and give this give it a buck because unless I see something drastically different, there's no way I'm going to go see this in the theater. But you definitely watch. I just am going to be disappointed. World. Yeah, I mean, but once it shows up at Redbox or I can grab a cheap rental online, I'll do it. But no, I'm not. I'm not paying someone 30 bucks to go see this. No. Hell no. This looks it looks like a nightmare. Also so bad. Why are there children on that island? I don't know. They always find ways to get kids every time. That's, like, it's like, why are the you know, we're gonna go to this really dangerous island filled with dinosaurs. We should probably bring some children along. It's every friggin' every movie, somehow, despite extensive things, kids get on the island. That's really every movie. Yeah, Jurassic Park 2, uh, his daughter... His uh, daughter sneaks on. Sneaks on. So I'm guessing these kids sneak on because otherwise, the, why would they bring them on this mission? Jurassic Park 3, the kid crash lands on the island. They got to go save him. Right. The last one, they send them to, to be with their negligent aunt. And the worst thing that could possibly happen happens. Like, literally. Right. Like, you could tell the like their parents before the last movie were like, we're going to send them for a weekend with their aunts. What's the worst thing that could happen? All the dinosaurs break loose and kill everyone. <laughs> this, this and like it literally happened. She is never going to see those kids again. <laughs> that, that's where this movie picks up. It's where Claire hasn't seen the, her nephews in four years because of a lawsuit and a restraining order. Yep. And they have emotional trauma. And so does Chris Pratt. Oh, and he looks. No, just this looks like bored. a steaming bowl. This looks like a steaming bowl of nothing. Also, Chris Pratt is way overrated, I think, as an actor. He's good in certain parts. He's really good as Star-Lord. It fits him perfectly. Kind of goofy, not like alpha male, like super serious character he was in Jurassic yeah. World. I don't buy it. He was okay in Passengers because it was kind of just like, you know, kind of a regular dude and not like this, like, oh, tough guy, Bruce Willis. That doesn't work for me. Yeah, with him. no. So there you go. We're kind of hard on Jurassic World, too. <laughs>
our second trailer is Alita Battle Angel, which looks like 12 other things I've seen in the last two years. Well, look at you. This is just a body. It's not bad or good. That part's up to you. I don't mean to be rude, but am I supposed to know you? Actually, we just met. It's a harsh world. The strong prey on the weak down here. Does it bother you that I'm not completely human? I'd do whatever I had to for you. I'd give you whatever I have. I'd give you my heart. Alida, they will come for you. Why? I think you are someone very special. Yeah, they keep taking these animes and trying to make them into live action films. Uh, This is also based off an anime. And uh, they keep failing, uh, which is weird because I saw... Ghost in the Shell just recently, the mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson one. It was good. I really enjoyed it. It was it was okay. It wasn't really quite what I was expecting. Because from it was, how it was advertised, I just didn't get what I was walking into. Right, and I've watched the original anime and a long time ago, and it was really weird and out there, and they kind of reeled it in a bit for this movie. Right, but it was still really interesting and different, a cool world they created, and I liked it so. But it looks like the same like motif that we've seen in every one of those things that you're talking about, which is that like robot gains consciousness or has consciousness put into it robot comes to terms that is is robot robot is torn apart by its need to be a human and accepted and a robot in the end it's forced to choose between humans and robots in, like, a, in a cyberpunk future which is always been right thing. and for some reason it's also a weapon right like i feel like it i've seen this plot in everything ever and it feels i feel just, just I, like I ghost in the shell right now basically the ghost in the shell blade runner uh, right. I robot like all those things just go on and on and on and I feel like there's so much of it uh, apparently people are outraged because they made the character's eyes all big and goofy yeah and it's one of those things where I look at them like I get what they were trying to do they wanted her to look just not human yeah I, I didn't mind that at all and at some point someone said like before the front the eyes look too big and someone should have said Yes, they're still just a little too big. I think if they had dialed them back a little bit, they should have made them just big enough to be offsetting. But I think they look so big, they look cartoonish. Right. There's like almost too much CGI going on. So it looks like she's completely animated as opposed right, to right, right. Where a they physical, should have just, tangible person. Yeah, they should have used it to enlarge it to make it just off. Right. Just too big. I could see that. Um, but I don't know. I'm not going to. No, I'm not. I mean, this is a don't waste a match for me. I won't see it. <laughs> Really? Well, I I love Christoph Waltz quite a bit. So, and Jennifer Connelly has also always intrigued me. So that pulls me in a little bit enough to where I won't say don't waste a match, but I'll say we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll see what the I, critics say about it. And I like Robert Rodriguez, the director. He's done Desperado and a lot of crazy other like action flicks and stuff. So that's kind of cool. All right. So I got to don't waste the match over here. <laughs> Fine. I won't fight you on that one. No, no, no. This, I mean, this one is, it looks weird and bad. I don't know. All right. So now I think it takes to some radical recommends. 
if you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. Uh, I will go first. And while I do love Muppet Christmas Carol, it is not the best Muppet Christmas thing. It's just not. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I've got my recommend recommendations for other Jim Henson Christmas things that you should watch instead of Radical, instead of Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And I've got three to, to give for you. Uh, one is the Muppet Family Christmas, which I think I've talked about before, as just my favorite Muppet thing ever, Muppet production. Fozzie and the Muppets show up at Fozzie's mom's place unexpectedly for Christmas. Tons and tons of guests show up. Mayhem occurs. Piggy goes missing. Great songs, appearances from every Muppet group. It's absolutely great. Now, is this a special from the TV show, The Muppet Show? No, this is a, it was a made for TV special for ABC, I believe. Oh, but not quite a movie. So we can't. Repeat no, it's, it's like 40 minutes or 45 minutes. long. OK, gotcha. Uh, and then another special. And all these are specials. Uh, gotcha. Emmett, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which I think I've also talked. Great. Uh, not really the Muppets, you know, and love uh, different characters, but uh, it's the classic uh, gift of the Magi bit uh, done with cute otters and great music and singing. And it's got really good old timey feel to it. And my daughter's drug band Christmas. And then another special, but this one was a made for TV movie, uh, a very, it's a very, very Muppet Christmas movie, which uh, is the plot of the Muppets that came out with Jason Siegel. Plus it's a wonderful life. Huh? And it's like they made them had a baby. And Joan Cusack plays the villain. Well, we'll have to review that one by next Christmas. Uh, Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie. I highly recommend it. Not a theatrical release, but I think a better example of what the Muppets can bring to holidays than Muppet Christmas Carol. Well, if it's a feature length movie, we got to we gotta review it. We can. To equal out with Star Trek, man. That's right. Oh, God, we got some bad ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are my record recommends. Three things to check out instead of Muppet Christmas Carol. And that was Emmett and Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Uh, so Muppet Family Christmas, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, Emmett Otter. Okay. Yep. And it's a, it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie. Gotcha. All right. Well, my radical recommend for this week is something I just happened to catch on Netflix as what we usually recommend, uh, which was Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. Um, you might have seen it on your recommended list. I got to watch about half of it. Yeah. Yeah. I finished the other half of it the other night, actually. And it's just a, I was obsessed with uh, the comedian Andy Kaufman when I was a kid. When I was like a middle school, uh, we had to do a report on somebody and pick a biography to read. And I picked him and I read his biography and then I started watching all his old clips and uh, getting things from the library about him. And because um, back then there wasn't a lot of YouTube yet. Uh, That's right. And then right along that time, it was perfect timing is that uh, Jim Carrey, who, of course, we all loved at that time. Uh, he was going to play him in Man on the Moon, this movie all about Andy Kaufman. And I had no idea at the time, but apparently he was filming his whole process of doing that movie um, the whole time, doing a, making a documentary about the production of it. And so this documentary actually takes that footage and puts it in perspective with Jim Carrey's life and interviews him now and his crazy full bearded self. Yeah. Uh, and he's got crazy eyes and everything. He says all the weird shit in this, this documentary. But just shows how is he went kind of off the deep end on this documentary becoming Andy Kaufman and we wouldn't wouldn't go out of character. Uh, and it really also puts in perspective his whole life as a an actor and how he kind of went to this me meteoric rise to fame too quickly and kind of how that affects people. You kind of see him going through that in this process, which is really weird and interesting to watch. So not a light thing to watch, but definitely. And it gets really deep at a few points where like Jim Carrey became Andy Kaufman and stayed as Andy Kaufman. 
who then became Tony Clifton and Andy Kaufman refused to be addressed by Andy Kaufman while playing Tony Clifton. Right. So you literally have Jim Carrey playing a guy playing another guy and refusing to go out of character as that other guy. And other actors on the set like uh, Paul Giamatti and Dan, Dan DeVito are having to deal with this, including the poor director who was just going nuts through this whole process. But yeah, it, it's interesting to watch for sure. But yeah, it, it, I recommend checking it out. It's just it's some of it's absolutely nuts. His stuff when he was being Tony Clifton. Yeah. Some of that is just nuts. The bag over the I'm head thing I'm is insane. <laughs> it's nuts. Just crazy. Really weird. And he's still really weird to this day. But yeah, that's a double recommend. Thank you for being a friend. So our thanks section today, we have a couple of mentions from our last episode where we reviewed uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Sean Vanderloo from the Russell Robot Podcast and Soul Forge Podcast said, you guys rock on our last episode. So thank you, Sean. That's because we gave him a shout out. Well, that too. Uh, also, Daniel Peter. Actually, I'm not sure a shout out so much as we cursed his name, I think. And then we played his promo. So it's okay. Yeah, we did. <laughs> hey, fellow nerds. It's Sean here from the Rusted Robot Podcast saying you're listening to Stephen Jarman on a play on nerds. Keep it nerdy, my friends. And Daniel Peter Hitch, author of Bubbles the Pirate and more, said, uh, now if Chang were played by Michael Caine, that would be something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hello, Captain Kirk. Good to see you. You should hear it in the original Klingon. <laughs> the original Klingon. In the original Klingon. And he says, thanks for the shout out, guys. Very humbled and appreciative. And on a review of one of my favorite Trek movies, too. Bonus. So, yeah. yeah. And he spelled it favorite the way that. Brits do. Ooh, favorite. <laughs> we're, the, we're the ones spelling it wrong, apparently. Cause we're yeah, Americans. I mean, we, we just crawled out of the sad husk we left behind called England. We don't need that extra U in that word. Take that out of there. That's too much work. <laughs> That's how that works. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, thank We actually had a lot of responses on Facebook and, and a lot of back and forth, and that was very nice. So thank you to our community. Absolutely. So whether you're celebrating Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Inbetweenica, Kwanzaa. Whatever the heck else, however you observe it, we want you to have a happy holiday season. At the very least, take time to be with the people you love, share a little bit of peace on Earth, and wish just a tiniest bit of goodwill to everyone around you. Uh, thanks for being with us. We'll keep being your nerdy co-hosts in the new year if you keep being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Happy New Year and stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. <laughs>